Jackie. Okay, you guys, I have my girl back. Camille is back Hello. at it again. How Yay. are you? I'm good. Enjoying uh, the weather. I can hear beautiful birds and I see the sunshine <laughs> on your face. And I, I am it. a little jealous, honestly. Well, after this crazy Texas weather, you never yeah. know what you're going to get. Snowing, five feet of snow. It wasn't five feet of snow, but it was ridiculous. It was a lot of snow. <laughs> For Texas, it was a lot. Um, and now it's beautiful sunshine weather. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, friend, I want to talk about something not near and dear to my heart, but... <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about white supremacy and white tears. We kind of already talked about white fragility. Yeah. I think so. I'm sure we did. We answered a couple questions. Yeah. 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 Um, and you and I work in the same place. And so like, I just kind of snagged you and said, Hey, here's some topics I want to talk about because you are the other black woman on staff. The other. <laughs> other. Two of us. There's, there's two of us. And I feel like we're well-versed in this um, yeah. topic. Um, and we've been doing intentional racial reconciliation work recently. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. And uh, something that has come up besides white fragility is just like white tears and how they affect and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so hopefully this is like an, not education, but if it is, then I hope anybody listening to this absorbs some of it because it's a real thing that we kind of have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. What, how should we start off? Of course I printed off some things. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like even we might even need to start like at the beginning, beginning, or maybe not at the beginning, but, you know, just like to preface, because I think for white listeners, they hear, oh, they're talking about white fragility. Oh, they're talking about white tears. Now we can't be sad. Now we can't be. And yeah. it's not, that's not yes. the purpose of this is not to say you cannot be sad or right. that black sadness is better than white sadness or any. Right. I feel like we just have to say those statements yes. to like move beyond it yes Mm -hmm. it's just talking about the differences in experiences Mm -hmm. for white and black people or maybe not even white and black but just white people and people of color in terms of our emotional responses to situations especially you know uh in 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 the workplace or in um in organizations that we we participate in together and how our emotional responses are perceived differently yeah. So that's uh, the song. Amen. The yes. We have to <laughs> asterisk that that for sure. Cause I don't want to turn people off, but I also I don't want to come off of, as like, hey, <laughs> don't be sad, don't be too happy, don't be blah blah blah. That you're right. That isn't what we're doing. Um right. And blanket statement, this is not all white people this is not all white women or white men you know this right. is um right so don't try not to get in your feels about it right white people who are listening <laughs> right 
Right. We're sharing experiences and, mm -hmm. and discussing those experiences. So yeah, yes. every it will be different and nuanced for different people. Yeah, exactly. I love that word nuanced. Um, I know, me too. <laughs> something that a lot of people of color can um, attest to, subscribe to, is uh, a time in their life, I feel like, a time or an instance where they were either expressing themselves or speaking up or speaking out about something. And most of the time it had to do with something race related. And uh, a white woman started crying. So I will say my <laughs> experience for me, and this isn't um, any one particular workplace or one particular friend who's white um but it, i remember expressing how i felt about a situation and it happened to be a hashtag of a unarmed black child who was killed and uh we were in there was like four of us in the in a group or we were just four talking standing there talking and i was expressing because i have a son and um it was I don't know. It was impactful. Like I was just thinking about, hey, this is why we don't have guns in our house. As in, this is why we don't play with Nerf guns in our house because Tamir Rice um, had a toy gun at the at a park and was killed. So, like, just trying to explain that in a way. And of course, that's a big um, leap from this one instance happening. However. I don't think, I think if Tamir was Taylor, he wouldn't have been killed. Right. Right. Um, so for me explaining that, and then a coworker immediately starts crying, like sobbing, boohooing and the attention, not that I was saying it for the attention, but you know, like when you're, you're speaking and people are paying attention to you. Mm -hmm. Like that just completely changed and it went to her crying. And then it was like her consoling, like us consoling her because she was so um, devastated by the weight of um, like how harsh that is, the reality. So my mm -hmm. reality mm -hmm. offended her in a way that she started crying. And then we just stopped talking about it and started, you know, you know, mm -hmm. things will be, be that kind of thing. And it, mm -hmm. it pissed me off so hard because mm -hmm. it that wasn't the first time. It wasn't the last time that that right. happened. Right. It just, it's just a, it's just a thing that happens and mm -hmm. um, it's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's hard to, you know, so. Um, yeah. No, and, and I agree. And I, I mean, there have been experiences that I've had that have been exactly similar, you know, where it, it's talking about hard things about the black experience with with white people generally and and the tears. And, and sometimes, you know, it's to show what solidarity or something, but it mm -hmm. does somehow then change the conversation and change the the experience to then it's it's not about understanding what's happening or even talking about this problem sorry there's this plane going over me right now <laughs> but you know it, it just changes and sucks the air even out of the room you know and redirects to let's comfort this person here because what she is experiences is is clearly 
stronger or more important mm-hmm. than what was shared over here. You yes. know? Yeah. Um, and that's hard. It's hard. It hard. It's leads me to not often want to share, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in those settings with, with people because, because sometimes it just doesn't feel genuine in the, in the, in the moment. And, and I don't right. know, it's, it would be unfair for me to say that, um, it's intentional, mm-hmm. you know, that that happens. I think it probably would be unfair for me to say that, but it is a thing that happens and it makes it hard for people of color to share their experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Does that um, make sense? Yeah. And so for me, sometimes, or I feel like it isn't intentional, but it isn't accidental. So because it is a thing that so many people of color experience that it is like a phenomena, phenomenon, mm-hmm. I don't know, phenomenon, <laughs> um, that you can kind of pinpoint. And so for me, it's like, um, and I wanted to read a little bit about what Lovey said about yeah. the white woman tears, but yeah. Um, Damon Young said that when white people use their emotions against people of color, it is a form of white supremacy. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's a really strong statement. <laughs> it, that is a really strong statement. <laughs> but yeah. when you kind of break it down, it, and I did a little further of the belief and the knowledge that white supremacy produces both white tears and white rage and mm-hmm. colonialism relied on the circuit between white woman's tears and a white man's punitive power. Mm. So what, and I immediately think of Emmett Teal, who, oh, yeah. who um, a white yep. woman said, Hey, he grabbed my arm and uh, was going to rape me or something. And he was actually catching her fall. Cause it was an elevator or something situation. Right. Um, and they killed him. They racked him up and killed him. And his mom yeah. had an open casket because, and I mean, and he was a boy, he was a child. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, that and things like uh, at this, you know, I haven't been yet the civil rights museum in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, I know. I want to go. I haven't been either. Um, but there are over 600 names of lynched black people Yep. there and 25% of those names are linked to an offense that with a white woman. And it is just kind of that tie-in of, of kind of where it comes from and the knowledge that there is no person in this country more protected than a white woman that um, leads me to fall in between of, it's not intentional, but it's not an accident. Um, and yes, so, exactly. Exactly. What I looked up, uh, you know, and Lovey is a black woman. She's Nigerian. She's an author and hilarious. Um, And so she, you know, there's a lot of think pieces about the damage of white tears. Um, Yeah. But, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was looking, I was trying to remember the name of the woman, but, you know, it's like the, the birder, the black birder, Christian Cooper, you know, not Christian. Is that right? Her name was Amy Cooper. Her name was Amy Cooper. Yes. Yeah. And you know how she 
made this scene, mm -hmm. called the police hysterical. And all of a sudden it, it just shined a light even on that of like, mm -hmm. that she even knew that she had the power to do this. To, yeah. If she created a scene or if she called and was hysterical, that then that would deflect from the situation at hand to right. then this yeah. person. That he was innocent and she uh -huh. just didn't like, you know. Um, yeah, I think her name was Amy Cooper and it was yeah, a, no, it, did. it um, was yeah. Central Park. Um, but even the people that we give hashtags to that call the police on black on black children having lemonade yep. stands, those two black yes. guys that were in Starbucks minding their black ass business. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's so many uh, stories like that. And we, you know, we give them barbecue Becky, we give them all these hashtags, but that all happens a lot. It happens monthly. Uh, but imagine how much it happens where it isn't recorded. Like the reason why mm -hmm. we know this is because we have cameras on our phones now. Right, right. And so that kind of weaponizing of tears and drama to, because you know that things are going to go your way, mm -hmm. um, has been something that people of color face in personal lives, in the workplace, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And exactly. it's just like, you can't trust Mm -hmm. I mean, my, when my kids get cell phones, they'll have cameras on them for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. And, yes, exactly. Um, and that's, I mean, and I talked about that with a friend of mine, you know, because our kids are 11. So like 13, 14, when should they get a phone? And she was like, you know, I'm going to just get them like a little cricket phone or a little like mm -hmm. a flip phone. And I was like, well, mine has to have like video, yeah. HDP. Like we have to be able to record because he's a black kid in America. And that's just something she didn't even think about. Um, mm -hmm. Cause she's white. Um, yeah. Okay. So Ruby Hamad is a PhD candidate, but she also wrote a book called white tears, brown scars. And she talks about, or she says that trauma assails black and brown women from all directions. There is an initial pain of being subjected to gendered racism and discrimination there's also additional distress of not being believed or supported and of having your words and bravery seemingly credited to other people. Mm -hmm. And then there's a type of trauma inflicted on women of color that many of us find among the hardest to disclose, the one that few seem willing to admit really happens because it is so thoroughly normalized, most people refuse to see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, to put it less poetically, it is the trauma caused by the tactic many white women employ to muster sympathy and avoid accountability by turning the tables and accusing their accuser. Mm -hmm. um, white woman tears are especially potent because they are attached to the symbol of femininity. These tears are pouring out of the eyes of the one chosen to be the prototype of womanhood, the woman who yeah. has been painted as helpless against the whims of the world, the one who gets the most protection in the world. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, uh, she goes on to say, whether angry or calm, shouting or pleading, we are still perceived as the aggressors. She's talking about mm -hmm. women of color. Right. Um, Which like, is true. Yeah. Likewise, white women are equally aware of their race privileges. Wait. Likewise, white women are equally aware their race privileges them as surely as ours condemns us. In this context, their tearful displays are a form of emotional and psychological violence 
that reinforce the very system of white dominance that many white women claim to oppose. Woo! <laughs> that's a lot. Um, yeah, that's a lot, but it that totally, <laughs> it's how I, it, it really kind of um, uh, describes the feeling of not being believed and not being cared for at the same level at the same level mm -hmm. as you know and so in that moment of when i shared about how this new hashtag felt um the pivot was so quick because she mm -hmm. started crying mm -hmm. and it is a it is a common thing that like i said a lot of a lot of people of color but especially women of color have to deal with and I don't oh, know. Yes. The assumption <laughs> is that women of color, especially black women, are are strong enough to handle it and mm -hmm. they can bear the weight of hard things without getting um, emotional or having feelings. It's like I feel like when you even when I was thinking about this, um, knowing that we were going to talk about this and just how even black women are not depicted as as feminine even i mean mm -hmm. we are feminine but in a different way it's always feminine from the strong point of view or feminine yeah. from the 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 bold or the those kinds of things follow the characterizations of black women so much so that then yeah even when showing emotion i think people often were like well you're fine mm -hmm. because you're always fine because black yeah. women are always fine and so you don't need to be cared for at the same level and you don't need to be you know, those kinds of things. And I think it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. And then it leads to this even greater divide of then, yeah, you know, I don't even know all the words that I want to say, but yeah, <laughs> that's just one thing that I always, that I just think about, you know, and in, in processing just how that has just been characterized and, and even um, that stereotype has been pushed forward of just mm -hmm. even black women, you know. Um, yeah, and I, I, to end, I mean, to bring that to an end, of course, is the same thing what we say of how to end or stomp or dismantle white supremacy, which is the awareness and the speaking mm -hmm. out of. Um, mm -hmm. And so no matter what happens, like we have to speak out and speak up about it when we see it, when we think we see it, when we feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and to bring that awareness, you know, almost to a whistleblower situation, like we have to keep mm -hmm. our foot on the neck of white supremacy so that our daughters <laughs> can, mm -hmm. you know, experience something better. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. a real thing. It is, it really is. And, and, and to, I think for all of us, we have to look at these situations and hear these stories and then take a deep breath, mm -hmm. you know, take a deep breath, because I think the initial response, even to people listening to this is going to be like anger and, and, mm -hmm. and, and frustration. And again, like I said at the beginning that like what well, we can't be sad now mm -hmm. and no, that is not, not what we're saying. And so right. take a minute to take a deep breath and to examine situations. And you know what, we have to be a lot more patient with people and their stories and their experiences than we are willing to, mm -hmm. you know? We have no patience to 
you know, take our shoes off, put on someone else's shoes and, mm -hmm. and attempt to understand someone else's experience. We don't have patience for that. And so that leads us to then just glossing over issues and topics like this, because we just, we don't want to think about fragility or tears or mm -hmm. even saying the word white, you know, some people are like, nope, not going to listen to that. Yeah. You know? and that's, and I'm going to put it in the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. I'll put it like an Easter egg, like in the show notes. <laughs> but yeah, but it is, it is so frustrating that we, especially as believers are willing to talk about every other thing under the sun. But when it comes to race, it's like, nope, that's not even a real thing. That's not a thing. And, mm -hmm. and us talking about race is divisive. I'm like, it's already divided. Yeah. Man, I'm going to get on a soapbox in a minute, but like, it. um, it's just, it's, it's an old demon it is mm -hmm. it's an old demon and it thrives on us pretending it doesn't exist yeah and that it will continue to thrive as long as we continue to act like these things are not real things and that we're being overly sensitive or victims or whatever it is mm -hmm. i'm sharing an experience that really yeah. happened <laughs> yeah and it's valid um i remember I mean, I know, you know, I grew up in a foster home and it was pretty gnarly. And I remember hearing wherever I heard it as a kid that you're only as sick as your secrets, which is like a common mm. thing that everybody mm -hmm. and how the how the negative, terrible things were able to thrive in my foster home was because mm -hmm. we weren't talking about it mm -hmm. like that is. So when you said that, it made me think of it wasn't until CPS got involved and, mm -hmm. you know, people awareness that that mm -hmm. was able to change for me. So it's the same thing, just like you said, with racism, um, white supremacy, those things will not change. Right. Uh, until we bring awareness to it and we keep speaking out about it. Um, okay. So this last little thing, a, a white woman commented because at, on this quote, um, or on this article, there are hundreds, thousands mm -hmm. of comments about it. And so I didn't God, read them sure. all because I have a life. But one of the white women said, uh, this post and this thread are so thought provoking. I can think of three times in this year that I've cried to get my way. Once mm. in an airport and twice to get my kid a doctor's appointment. I didn't know slash consider that tears as a way of making things happen when I felt desperate and couldn't figure out how else to get what I wanted was an element of privilege. I'm going to sit back and think about this more. I'm not sorry that I cried to get my sick kid an appointment. Girl, don't be. Uh, <laughs> but I do not want to use tears as a weapon or to minimize other voices. Oh, and I just a good response. I was like, oh, heart heart emoji yes yeah. that is that's the stance but that feels like that's also and biblical that's... yes of just like yes. wait when you know be open to having uh -huh. a different opinion when you're presented with new information like that's yes. why that's a thing you yes we aren't going to go over the cliff of you know well if i can change my beliefs about things and i can you know god is a seven-headed blah 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 that's not what we're saying mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. want you to understand that uh, anyway yeah I'm well gonna... no but it, it's like you know <laughs> she, it's coming to the rec recognition that that you have 
power and that you've seen it work. Mm-hmm. And then now understanding that you have now a responsibility that's yeah. associated with it. That's, that's what we're saying. It's like realize, and that's what we, when we talk about, um, you know, uh, like, uh, what is the word, man, I'm losing my words, but, um, you know, when we talk to white people about their power and the, their the things that they have, and it's like, you know, I know that you can help being born white more than I could help being born black, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to recognize that you have power, that you have privilege. That's the word. Why can't mm-hmm. I think of that? But that you <laughs> have privilege. Mm-hmm. And now how are you going to use that? How are you going to respond differently you know like this woman is classic like that's perfect she's she's recognized it and is choosing to respond differently knowing now that she has seen that it is powerful yeah and she's taking a beat and you know she's not uh, being offended isn't the first thing um Mm -hmm. a few friends some other friends of mine we are like not creating a bible study but we're writing some discussion questions around the four-part um, think piece that uh, Tim Keller did last summer about race and oh, the yeah, uh-huh. racism. And one of the things that we're, we're in the second movement right now, and he talks about, which is true of, you know, because you see, I've seen on Facebook, people are like, I don't own slaves. And there are no slaves right now. Right. Like, right. There, there are, but okay, carry on. Right. Um, right. Stop talking about it. And he, Tim Keller says, you know, Daniel lamented for the sins of his ancestors. Mm-hmm. That's in the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. we could break that down even more. So mm-hmm. I think it's the posture, how you come to it and kind of recognizing it and listening to your brown brothers and sisters as we share these stories Mm -hmm. um, is important and then you know the awareness and speaking out is going to be how we make this better for the next people yeah and we have to work together we have to work together to make it better you know and and that's going to require for some listening and for others sharing their stories you Mm -hmm. know um, and, and, but yeah, we have to, we, it has to become normal for us to have these conversations, you know? Yeah. Um, <sighs> I thank you so much for chatting with me about it. I feel better. <laughs> like just talking, <laughs> this feels like not lamenting, but this feels like, Ooh, girl, blah, blah, blah. It just feels good to. Yeah. To at least process it, begin to process. Cause we can't process it all in this amount of time. Yeah, no, we can't. Will you come on again? Can I chat with you again sometime? Yes. Your yes. The listeners should know that I have challenged Shannon to watch Lovecraft country. Oh my gosh. So we can yes. talk about it, but she Dang won't watch it. it. <laughs> okay. Well, cause it's gory, but, <laughs> but it's so, it's so good. Yeah. And to anyone watching, it is the equivalent of a scary movie uh, but it's a TV series on HBO, but it's so good. And it talks a lot about uh, the black experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in well, the day. Back in the day. Okay. Here's the thing. And I'm going to watch it. I, I'm committed to watching it. Just one episode. The first <sighs> one episode. episode. But I will say I had a friend. Can you hear that? The car in yes. the background. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not farting back there. Um, 
I had a friend, and I haven't talked to her since because I'm still pissed about it. I had a friend that recommended The Masked Singer to me, and she said, oh, it's so good. It's so fun. It's so, you'll love it, Shane, and blah, blah, blah. And I watched one episode, <laughs> and the celebrity that was unmasked was Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and when I tell you that I have sent her to voicemail every <laughs> single time since... <laughs> I was so angry. Uh, yeah, we're not friends anymore. Well, but. I guess we'll know if I'm never on the podcast again <laughs> how it went with Lovecraft Country. No, I, but you got it. I mean, anyway. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Be, I'm, you, I'm a, next time, that's what we'll talk about is Lovecraft Country. And, but you got to go into it like Jordan Peele, like his his level of like intensity. It's not. I don't think it's done by Jordan Peele, but you know, like. It's scary, but it's got this undertone of like, yeah, you know, these okay. issues. Oh, I get sweaty hands just thinking about it, but okay, Lovecraft Country. You Watch it during the day, and then you'll be fine. Oh, like at work or? No, not at work. <laughs> <laughs> Take your lunch break and watch it. Oh, okay. Is it like 30 minutes or an hour? Uh, it's like 45, probably, okay. you know, because they don't do commercials and stuff. So it's probably like 45 minutes. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm scared, but I'm going to watch it. Okay. You're probably going to have to watch more than one because it's weird and you won't, you won't get it till later. Oh man. Okay. All right. Well, that's what we'll <laughs> talk about next. We have a, a hundred things that I want to talk about with you, but we do. I know craft country will be next. Thank you for talking to me today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. The theme music is a lo-fi hip-hop situation by Wise Band, and this podcast is produced by the Dallas Stacy. A couple things I need you to remember. I would bet my last dollar that Patsy Ramsey wrote that ransom note. And all lives can't matter until the brown ones do too. My name is Shannon, and have you noticed my salt and pepper bangs?